Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one best-selling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like Are you an overbuyer or underbuyer? A morning person or night person? abundance lover, or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast. Available now, free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to an Everything Iconic Pop Dive with me, Danny Pellegrino, where my guests and I take a break from talking housewives and current TV to dive into an iconic pop culture touchstone. Today, we're diving into the 2003 holiday romance Love Actually. The film grossed over $246 million worldwide on a $40 million budget. It was written and directed by Richard Curtis and became a modern holiday classic with a stellar soundtrack and an all-star cast. The movie had multiple romances, some more successful than others, and was nominated for multiple BAFTAs and Golden Globes after its release. Viewing the Christmas classic has become a yearly tradition for many of us, and it taught us to get the shit kicked out of us by love. I invited two gay mats, Matt Steele and Matt Palmer, over to discuss the legacy of the film, favorite moments, and so much more. This is an Everything Iconic pop dive into Love Actually. 
Whenever I get gloomy with the state of the world, I think about the arrivals gate at Heathrow Airport. General opinion starting to make out that we live in a world of hatred and greed. But I don't see that. Seems to me that love is everywhere. Often it's not particularly dignified or newsworthy, but it's always there. Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, husbands and wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, old friends. When the planes hit the Twin Towers, as far as I know, none of the phone calls from the people on board were messages of hate or revenge. They were all messages of love. If you look for it, I've got a sneaky feeling you'll find that love actually is all around. Okay, guys, I'm here with Matt Palmer and Matt Steele, the two Matts, the two gay Matts. That's us. That? that is us, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? How are you guys doing? I'm good. I, I don't know how Matt Palmer's doing, but I'm doing great. I'm doing really well as well. Oh, look at us. I know. It's a good day. Like, okay, Kiki. <laughs> I just felt like being really gay for a second. Um, so, Matt Palmer, you've been on the show before. You yes. were uh, on the Mariah Pop Dive. Yes. You are, you're both huge Mariah fans. I mean, of course. Me more so than him, but I've gotten him into He's gotten mind. me into it. After living with him for six and a half years, it's it's worn off, and now I'm just as obsessed as he is. Good. Maybe not at... You, you win. I do, I, yes. Yeah. But you're, you're a lamb. Right. I am a lamb. I'm officially a lamb now yeah. at this point. Yeah, yeah, you're part of the lamely now. Yeah. yeah. I feel great. Um, everyone's been asking for a Mariah Part 2 Pop Dive, but unfortunately for music rights, we may not be able to do it. Or may have to go on, I don't know, Patreon or something. Mm-hmm. But for the people that are asking, that's why, <laughs> Matt, you haven't been back. But so I wanted to have you back. And so I was like, what do you guys want to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned Love Actually. I did. Which is a holiday classic now. Yes. But rewatching it, we all rewatched it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's different now, I think. I agree. It was like, <laughs> I was telling you before that it read as a bit more depressing. And also there are things like that were very of its time. Like Matt Steele was like, there are no gay people. There was mm, only one yeah. mention of gayness when Liam Neeson asks the kid, like, do you like a boy? And he's like, no, it's a girl. And then, oh, that was it. Yeah. Which was nice. Which was nice. Uh, there was a really awkward transvestite joke. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Who Emma made Thompson that? Gave, like, she, like, held up a doll and was like, this doll looks like a transvestite. Oh, and it's yes. like, ooh, didn't age well. But, right. you know. Well, you know, I talked about this on Twitter. I was pissed because there was actually a, a lesbian storyline filmed. Like the he- I saw you just posted that. Yeah, like the headmistress at the school... It, there was like a scene where she was like mean to Emma Thompson or the kids or whatever. And mm-hmm. then the camera follows her to her house and she's taking care of her girlfriend who's dying of, I believe it's cancer or something, mm-hmm. but her, her girlfriend's really sick and they have this lovely moment in bed where they cuddle and she's taking care of her. And it's revealed that this, this woman who was like the tough head mistress is actually like, you know, just going through shit at home and it's right. a beautiful mm-hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. And I thought I rewatching the movie. I'm watching it. And I'm seeing this scene with the Martin Freeman playing the porn star with the girl. Yeah. You know? <laughs> This storyline's not connected. You know what I mean? Not it's like at all. Not, not at all. Yeah. And we're seeing these. Although I think it's the most endearing one. Really? Honestly, I think it. Oh, I do. I oh, love it. I think, it's, I think it's adorable. No, I disagree as well. I, I felt like it was homophobia at its finest because it's like there's not a connection, a connective tissue with no. this story, and it's like we lost the lesbian story. There and not to. Just, there's a very thin connective tissue in that the PA yeah. on that thing is the friend of the British guy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, it. On, Matt. So, this, this guy is a director <laughs> and has friends right. as well, but he doesn't have a love story. No, he just has yeah. his weird friend who meets Alicia Cuthbert. Wait, later. so what would you guys lose if, in favor of the Les storyline, <laughs> which I would prefer over almost all of them? What? <laughs> oh, what, absolutely. What would you? Prefer if if you had to get rid of one and replace it with the lesbians, what oh, would God, you choose? Name all of them. Name oh. all of them. Um, the we will. Are... We're gonna go through all. Oh, of them. God. Maybe we'll decide. I'll ask you again at yeah, that. We'll end. go through and yeah, yeah. Because okay. Yeah. So I also want to say, like, even though looking back on this now, 
I still loved the movie. I still loved yeah. watching it, and mm-hmm. I do think there's so much good in it. But every the hindsight's twenty twenty with everything, and we're in like a weird time in history now, where it's like with the we're post or in the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. and it's like, and so looking at love, relationships, romance in through the lens of where we're at now, everything looks difficult. I just recently did a You've Got Mail pop dive, and it's mm-hmm. like rewatching that is it's difficult too. You almost have to shut all of the things you know off right. now. Mm-hmm. Oh and, yeah. And speaking of holidays, I mean, we're talking about the holidays and it's like, I just heard baby it's cold outside on the radio and a, I was shocked that they're still playing it Yeah, because I mean, really it's about sexual assault, <laughs> but also at the same time, it's like, well, we have to kind of do, I don't know. It's a devil and angel. Like, are we able to enjoy this stuff? I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? I yeah. do. I got in a fight with this girl at a party about Baby It's Cold Outside because I was like, this song a is... fight? It was, yeah, I punched her. She punched me. It was great. <laughs> um, no, but it was just like, I, I, that one song I feel like is over the line enough that I'm like, I don't need to hear this anymore. Even the Nick and Jessica version, which was on my sure. uh, holiday playlist, it's like, I gotta let it go. Like, this is just too much over the line. Love Actually is just kind of like, I'll wince and like feel a little uncomfortable, but like, this is fine. But, but the overall message of Love Actually isn't problematic yes it's, it's, the overall message right. of baby it's cold outside is like mm. yeah no it's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, questionable yeah. at best <laughs> um the overall message speaking of it's in the very first scene of love actually like that airport scene which mm-hmm. i think is the most beautiful scene in the entire oh film. it's fantastic yeah, like yeah, yeah. i think it's flawless perfect it's such a good reminder that love is all around and That's i like true. that we're just seeing average people i think they just filmed that at the airport and mm-hmm. i don't think there's i could be wrong i don't think there's when i was doing the research i don't think there was any actors in it it's just yeah, there's just regular people. And the fact that it happened right at, like, 2003, it was two years after 9-11, so, like, the fact that they sort of, like, brought that into it, it sort of made it feel very relevant at the time, because airports current. were such a very... Were you able to still meet people at the gate in 2003? Um, no. In, no. In, in England, oh. maybe. This is England. Yeah, Heathrow. So. Maybe yeah. Heathrow. Um, do you remember the first time you saw this movie? Did you see it in theaters? I did not. I saw, I saw it for the first time probably in, like, 2007. Like, really? I did not oh. see it for the first time. In oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh. yeah, which still was a long time ago. Um, but yeah, I've only seen it once all the way through before watching it again two nights ago. Really? Yeah. Oh, this is a holiday oh movie. God, I watch man. this every year. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I'm feeling festive. The last time I watched it actually was on a really bad date, but it's okay. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God, what happened? For me. what happened? Nothing really happened. It just, I was really trying with him and it's like, we weren't, we weren't a match. It's okay. I wish <laughs> him all the best in his future endeavors. But I don't. I don't. <laughs> um, I want to run through all of the love stories in the film and then we'll just kind of chat through them okay. totally normally we run through the movie like chronologically but this movie's hard to do because they jump around so much yes. oh my god i was just thinking like this movie must be an editor's nightmare yeah. like just because i'm sure it's completely different from what was in the script like the order that everything went in right it, yeah. it must have been just such a headache to edit they tried to do a lot of these too like these movies where there's like a million storylines like gary marshall did a bunch Oof. with the mm-hmm. mother's day and New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day. And then he's just not that into you. Tried to do it right shortly after mm. Love Actually. And they never work very well. No. And I think it is hard to edit. And also, I feel like you get like two. This movie somehow was able to like get enough emotion around these characters. But otherwise, I feel like you just spend so little time with these people that you can't develop any emotion exactly. for them. It's like you just. Mm-hmm. You, they're just care. They're sketches or right. something, right? I was thinking if you just split these all up into little things, they could be like thirty minute. Like a, it could be a mini series of just like thirty minute stories that come on every yeah. week before the holidays. I think that it works for love actually, though, because any like as uh, any love story, as simple or as basic as it may be, people are gonna 
find endearing or find right. some reason to connect to it. Whereas like, I feel like in, you know, Mother's Day or Valentine's Day, like the plots were probably, I mean, I really haven't seen. I saw one of those detail. in theaters. And I feel like the plots would have to be them. a little more. Did you? Which one is Taylor Swift in? What's Taylor Oh, she was in Valentine's Day. I saw that one. Oof. Horrendous. <laughs> there's a, there's a romance between Michelle Pfeiffer and Zac Efron in New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. And that one's shocking. It was like, what's going on here? And of course, I think Michelle Pfeiffer is one of the most beautiful people ever. Like probably ever, I think. And, but still, and so is Zac Efron, but it's still like a shock to the system, like assault on the eye. It's like, what's happening? Like, it's just, yeah. I don't know what's going on, but I sort of love all of them. Um, even though I, it's like, I love them for being how terrible they are. Right. Yeah. And the fact that there's something to see, something to enjoy right. as like cheesy as they may be, they're still fun to watch. I like yeah. he's just not that into you. Like legitimately. Oh, and I like the idea of seeing all these stars on screen. Like I get excited. Yeah. It's like, I don't care that Catherine Heigl and Sofia Vergara are on screen for one minute. <laughs> <laughs> Which also, there were reports that like Sofia Vergara and Catherine Heigl did not get along, I love and it. I want that movie. Like, I, <laughs> oh my god, absolutely. that should be a feud. Like, that should be a Ryan Murphy <gasps> miniseries, a new season of feud. Yes, <laughs> I'm ready for it. <laughs> my friend Michael Ross and I, we saw I think New Year's Eve in the theaters, and the screenwriter's name is Catherine Forgot. And when the movie ended, it said like written by Catherine Forgot, and I remember we, us, we turned to each other and we're like, "Well, Catherine forgot to write a script." Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, so every time like her name pops up in other movies we just like text each other (laughs) Um, okay so let's run through these love stories yeah yeah. did you guys like that cheesy joke forget about forget i'll write a script you guys like it works it it works i would i would give it a solid nine out of a ten (laughs) okay let's talk about billy mac he's the the singer uh, he recorded the song he's recording a christmas version Mm -hmm. of his old hit song he's like a washed up singer Mm -hmm. yeah how do you think the new record compares to your old classic stuff? Oh, come on, Mikey. You know as well as I do, the record's crap. <laughs> but wouldn't it be great if number one this Christmas wasn't some smug teenager, but an old ex-heroin addict searching for a comeback at any price? All those young popsters come Christmas Day. They'll be stretched out naked with a cute bird balancing on their balls. And I'll be stuck in some dingy flat with my manager, Joe, ugliest man in the world. Fucking miserable because our fucking gamble didn't pay off. So if you believe in Father Christmas, children, like your Uncle Billy does, buy my festering turd of a record and particularly enjoy the incredible crassness of the moment when we try to squeeze an extra syllable into the fourth line. The song eventually goes to number one, which. It was Shades of Glitter. So Glitter just recently went to number one. And it was interesting to me. There is almost like this underground movement throughout the movie of justice for this song. Totally. Mm-hmm. And we just came from justice for Glitter. Oh, I wish I could talk about that. But I <laughs> Please <won't>. do. <laughs> Matt, you can talk about it. Please. What are your thoughts on justice for Glitter? I think it's so deserved. I saw that movie in theaters. Had a whole gaggle of gays and straights with me in ninth grade. Um, Lead the Way is one of her best vocal the performances. Allies, the allies. allies, exactly. <laughs> That's how I could identify them in ninth grade. And uh, I, it just should be the number one album of all time because it is excellent and fun and perfect and... Yes. I I literally cried the other day when I was reading about it. We're recording this right after the Justice for Glitter movement. (laughs) And I literally, like, I don't know what it was, if I was just emotional or whatever, but I cried and I was like, how great. Like, she came through this, such a dark place in her life. And then now the album's finally number, or, you know, finally getting some justice. Yes. I cried. It's beautiful. Um, Okay. So what do you make of this Billy? So his love story is basically with his manager. Right. 
Um, I wound up liking it. And I think um, when I first saw the movie, I was definitely like, oh, my God, is he gay? Is he going to be gay for this manager? Is that what's happening at the end of there? But it wasn't. But I thought it was interesting that they shaded the band blue they're like an Eng- but because they're a real boy band they're like a real english mm-hmm. boy band and they were just like huh why well, you know they're they're not good musicians or something and i was like i bet they were still around i bet that hurt their feelings um but <laughs> i thought about when he talks about how britney spears was like rubbish in bed like oh, you know, right. it's like a joke and everything and it's kind of just like this makes me feel sad because she was like what it was 2003 she was like 21 at the time and, like she was like that was weird was and especially knowing what was coming for britney i know point, it's, it's yeah. like oh don't do that to me. There was also, did you guys see the Love Actually sequel from last year? I didn't watch it. I saw it happen. So it's basically, we can talk a little bit more about it later, but it's basically like they re, they recreate all the famous scenes and it's sort of a sequel plus like a playing homage to the whatever. And there's a point where he's being interviewed and he mentions sleeping with the Kardashians. And it's like mm-hmm. they use reuse that joke. Right. How did you feel about it? I like that he doesn't give a fuck. Like I love watching him in the interviews not giving a fuck and saying like the song is trash. Right. I think I th- I really like it actually. I think that um I like how in all of these sort of coupling uh stories there's one sort of solo guy and his arc line his arc is about a song which is makes it feel very Christmas it connects Christmas and love mm-hmm. as both as marketable things. Right. Yeah. Um I I I think I really like that storyline. Also, his was arguably the funniest too. It was like he was the sense of humor throughout the movie. Right. Yeah, sure. So I like that totally. Um, yeah, sure. Liam, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Neeson uh, and his son, and the so Liam Neeson plays this guy who just lost his wife, and his son. He thinks something's wrong with his son. I think there's like a gay. He asks. You mentioned. Yeah. Did you already mention this? I think so, but I don't know if it was before. We were yeah, I think it was before we were recording. <laughs> he has a line. Uh, about the son but so he's wondering what's wrong with the son and the son's just in love Mm -hmm. truth is actually i'm in love sorry i know i should be thinking about mom all the time and i am but the truth is i'm in love and i was before she died there's nothing i can do about it (laughs) aren't you that young to be in love no oh oh okay well I'm a little relieved. Why? But because I thought it would be something worse. Worse than the total agony of being in love. Uh, okay, so what do you think of this storyline? I liked it. I think... I. I don't know if you need to cut this out because it's sad, but I found it hard to watch because his wife really did die in real life. And I was like, seeing this on screen makes me a little uncomfortable. It makes me think we don't it. have to cut that out, Matthew. <laughs> yeah, that, that just shows you have feelings I and emotions. Know, this is an up podcast. I don't want to bring it down with my, you know, death thoughts. But it also felt like it reminded me of the movie About a Boy. And I love About a Boy. Like, what a great <laughs> film. And so I felt like having a little About a Boy moment was nice. And, um, you know, also it started out kind of dark with him at the funeral, but like when it's like, oh, he's in love, like the little boy's in love, it like took, turned a corner and really was a, a bright spot for me. It was probably like top yeah. three favorite storyline. I was like very invested. And obviously when the little girl saying all I work is you, I was like, of course he's in love with her. Who wouldn't be? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I really love the sort of twist that like, you think this is going to be a really depressing storyline. Yeah. Cause like his wife just died and everything. And then it's so cute. Cause like the son, not that he didn't care that his mom just died, but like the, the fact that he's like, Oh no, I'm, I'm still sad because actually because of this wonderful thing. And it's, that's the movie really, I, it's not a storyline that I'm, overly invested in compared, really? compared to the other storylines but i understand why it's there and i think it's very important yeah 
Um, I want to talk about Olivia Olsen, who plays the little girl at the end who sings the Mariah, All mm. I Want for Christmas is You. She's fantastic and so cute. And I did my research, you know, of course, I, I did my research on the Mariah stuff. Mariah wasn't licensing her songs at that time. This was 2003. Yeah. And she wasn't licensing All I Want for Christmas is You for movies or TV, which now she is. It's on Hall- It plays on the Hallmark Channel. And like, right. You know, it's all over the place and everyone's covering it. But at the time, no one was. Right. And so it was interesting to me that I was reading an interview with Walter. I don't know how you say his last name. Afanasiev. Uh, yeah. Okay. So he co-wrote All I Want for Christmas is You. And he said that it was actually a really big deal that she gave Love Actually the movie. She loved the script and everything. Mm. And so she gave them permission to use that song. And it, he, Walter was saying he thinks it sort of is... One of the reasons why that song has become a modern holiday classic, because Love Actually also did, and at the time, it was the only time that that song had been used outside of Mariah's version. Right. I, I completely know that. I completely agree about Walter and saying, and I think it helped with the longevity of the song. It certainly was a huge hit before, but like, it wasn't like, oh, we're going to go top 10 every year until Love Actually. Yeah. You know, yeah, it was a big it deal. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about Mark, Peter, and Juliet. So this is the Kira Knightley. Love trying. Oh. Which funny, I just discovered that her name is not Kiara Knightley. <laughs> what? We were watching what? and I kept saying, like, oh yeah, Kiara Knightley, Kiara Knightley. And he was like, You're saying her name wrong. And I was like, What? Her name's Kiara. And he's like, Her name's Kira. And I was like, You're absolutely wrong. And I like I looked at the spelling because I always thought it was K-I-E-R-A. And I always thought people were saying Kiara Knightley. And so he was like, No, it's Kira. And I looked at it and I was like, it is it's Kira. been so long that for, she's been a thing. What, two decades? Like, I've been saying. <laughs> I can't believe no one corrected you. I, I mean, it's not like I talk about Kieran Knightley on the daily basis. Like, <laughs> what you were know? you thinking when you saw Bennett like Beckham? I, I mean, I was, I wasn't thinking Kieran Knightley. <laughs> like, I was thinking Bennett like Beckham. Like, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I like Kieran Knightley. I wish her the best. But like, like I can't even say. Yeah, I was gonna Kira say it's Kira. <laughs> I can't even say Kira anymore because in my head she's Kiara Knightley. Well, I feel like this storyline has like the most iconic scene in it yes. with the yes, the yes, cards, you yes. know. Yes. But it was also rewatching it, kind of my least, fa- my least favorite. I just think it's really fucked up. It's like, so creepy. It's like so it, creepy. the it's the very creepy. the wedding stuff where it's like the guy takes the video of her at her wedding mm-hmm. and like she's watching the video back mm-hmm. and it's all her it's like that's creepy as fucking she's <laughs> sort of like she's a little feeling like romantic about I it and i mean like i would be i'd be like what the fuck what the and f- i just watched that show on lifetime called you have you guys seen it no it's about like this crazy stalker or whatever and so i just finished it and i was like he she's he's being like the guy on you like <laughs> is that like, the mo- is that the one pen badgley in it yeah okay cool. he plays like this crazy stalker i won't spoil it's really good too but um but it's messed up. And I'm like, why is she turned on a little bit from this? It's a weird. It's totally weird. And the end part when she actually, it's not even like she just accepts the cards that she's, he's like showing them to her, Andrew Lincoln of The Walking Dead. Um, but she then goes out and kisses him. It's like, that's cheating. The, the like, I'm right. sorry. Yeah, she, like, this the kiss is, is wrong. very much cheating. It's like, if they wanted to have a moment, then it should have been a hug. Yeah. Like, it should have been like, a hug. I appreciate you. Thank you. And then like, it's supposed, we're yeah. supposed to feel good. Thank like, you, next. Yeah. Thank <laughs> yeah. You. yeah. Then, we're supposed to feel good because he's like, that's enough now. It's like, yeah, you've kissed your best friend's wife. That is enough, buddy. And like, go, go fuck yeah, yourself. Yeah, I know. Go fuck yourself. Exactly. My problem is, like, the storyline is is such a mess. Like, it's such a creepy, weird thing yeah. that no one should support. However, I think it's the most creative one in the movie. I, it's the one that I'm, I'm compelled well, by it. Like, I am. Even though why? it's weird and creepy and terrible. Because the way it plays out, I think, is is really 
creative and interesting. I think it's just the carolers and the, the like signs that are no. That and make I think it the fact when she like watches the video and she realizes it's just her. Like I'm not. I'm not compelled in a ooh I wish this would happen to me <laughs> way. I'm compelled in a like oh this is a cre- this is a creative way to tell a story from a writer's perspective. I you guess. know. So and the, what's also creepy about it is um she was. 17 at the oldest when she right she was that. young when yeah. she did this yeah it's weird it's weird it's creepy it's weird. yeah i look and i'll suspend a lot of disbelief but that whole thing that whole storyline just weirds me out um i did some research and i learned that kiera you know how kiera is wearing that hat in that scene oh yes, oh, yeah it was very britney it was because it was covering a zit she, because she was so young, she apparently had a zit that was so big. This is what she just said recently in an interview. The zit was so big that they had to find some way to cover it up, like makeup wouldn't cover it, <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't have the CGI budget, I guess. But they she put her that hat on. That hat on. She had the hat and the, the two tendrils of hair. The two tendrils right. covered half of her face in general, <laughs> like those two thousand three tendrils. I want to get to my two favorite storylines. So we'll start with the first one: the Alan Rickman secretary. I mean, it's tough. It's like, I think that's probably the most emotionally affecting me just because right. Emma Thompson, like, God, what a fucking actress. Oh, <laughs> like, so fucking she's good. so Thank good. That's I why just, she's one of the greats. Like, I, I just was so moved and like seeing her try to like pull herself together after figuring right. it out. So that scene, I think that's the best scene in the whole movie is when Agreed. she gets oh, the, the Joni Mitchell CD. She thinks she's getting the necklace that she saw her husband buy. And then it's revealed that the husband gave it to the mistress. Mm. And then Emma Thompson opens that Joni Mitchell CD. Rip it. What is it? <laughs> I'm going to it or I'll rip it. God, that's a surprise. What is it? It's a CD. Joni Mitchell, wow. To continue your emotional education. Yes. <laughs> Goodness. That's great. My brilliant wife. Ah. Yes. Actually, um, do you mind if I just absent myself for a second? All that ice cream. Uh, darling, could you make, just make sure the kids are ready to go? All right, no, I'll be back mine, in a minute. Moons and dunes and fairies. And I got fucking chills. Oh, my God. And she goes in the other room and tries to hold it together. The song playing in the background. Right, that Joni Mitchell song, which they also just played in the Toy Story 4 trailer. Oh, did they? Yeah, in one of the teasers. They came out with a few Toy Story 4 teasers. And they play a different version of that song. The dance remix. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I sang that song in high school choir, neither here nor there, but just... just, It's such a sad song. It's so sad. But when I saw that Toy Story 4 trailer, I was like, oh my god, I'm like shades of love actually like I'm <laughs> the moment where she like goes where she's like okay I'm gonna like straighten the bed sheets out but then she like holds onto the bed to like race herself it's like mm. oh you better act oh. you better act Emma Thompson I know I think at the time too there was talk of her getting an Oscar now I don't did she get an Oscar now I should know Not that for this no 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 I think there was talk of it though at the time there was like I can imagine because I'd the be movie was like an, a little indie and it was well received and stuff I remember there being like talk of Emma Oh, she was excellent. And maybe also, it was like, just me talking to my friends. <laughs> you were you were spreading the word. Right, Emma Thompson, FYC. Um, I also thought like 
the mistress was so overtly just like I am a mistress, and it's like who oh, she was Cruella. She was, it was like at age it was so ridiculous. Like, like it was so over the top, and also Alan Rickman in his scenes with Laura Linney read very gay to me. Like it was very much like you need to ask well, that man out. And so that was all hard to get around. But then of course Emma Thompson just like brought it all together. My okay. favorite thing about the mistress is like. Every, you know, the art direction of, like, all of the apartments and everything were kind of natural and everything. But then the mistress's apartment was just insane. It was like she was living on the moon. Like, her apartment was this bright purple. And I love how there's this, there's literally one scene of the mistress just taking off her clothes and right. her in her underwear to, like, show the world, like, she's a slut. It's like, like, okay. It's like, all she's doing is getting undressed. Like, it, like this yeah, doesn't yeah. reveal anything about her character at all because other this is that, Other all than do. she undresses at night alone. It was like, she what was alone she at the time. in this neon apartment right. of sin. <laughs> apartment of sin. <laughs> That's the whole storyline. But so the, the lesbian storyline was supposed to be connected to that because it was, oh. like, Emma's kids. Emma had a scene with uh, lesbian. Mm-hmm. And you can find that scene on R.I.P. That um, okay, so my other favorite, my favorite, favorite storyline is the Laura Linney <gasps> storyline. Oh my God. Like, it's so fucking good. Oh, and that, that go ahead. Going. No, I was just, I mean, I was just going to talk about Rodrigo. So oh same. my God. <laughs> that storyline is infuriating. 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 Like, Laura Linney's, uh, of course, plays uh, this woman. She's in love with her coworker, played by Rodrigo, and she keeps getting calls from her disabled brother. And he keeps interrupting the romance. Like every time she's about to get something, he interrupts. And it's so sad. It's heartbreaking and infuriating at the same time. I don't understand how the brother has access to a phone. I don't think what do you about mean? It too hard. <laughs> like, how does he have access to Wait. a phone? Like, why does the hospital? If oh, I was oh, Laura I Linney, I would be like, do not give him access to a I would or tell like, the hospital, I, don't give him access to the phone. You're so right. He's killing me. I'm trying to have sex with Rodrigo, who's the hottest person I mean, in the entire she movie. She should have muted that phone call. I realize, like, she's being a lovely person, a great sister. Their parents are gone or whatever. But, like, you, everyone deserves a little bit of something for themselves. And Laura and Linney. Something does, is Rodrigo. And Rodrigo, hello. Who's <laughs> saying no to that? When they kiss in the doorway, and then she's like, she's like, can you hold on a minute? And then she, I think that's <gasps> I like some it. of the, and she goes, to the other side of the wall yeah. and she kind of cheers I feel like that the direction of that scene is so beautiful it's so yeah. great it's perfect it's the perfect um, I feel like that, that was in the trailer for some oh, reason that just it's yeah, like it was the the whenever I think of love actually I think of that moment in the trailer yeah. I think of Rodrigo's thighs when he's wearing those <laughs> those tiny black underwear in the scene when they're about to have sex get it Laura Linney like I, I love Laura Linney I, I, mean, this, is, <laughs> this is very vulgar but I wrote this in my notes um, so I love those tiny black underwears I wrote <laughs> I wrote, his thighs are important. I want to put my head in them, and I want to, him to strangle me with them. I'm fine with death if that's how I go. Oh, that's what I wrote. Um, I, <laughs> Living my truth. I co-signed I mean, with all that. I, I agree. Guess. If yeah. that's how I go, that's how I go. I like, mean, I was born to his arms. I felt like his legs were like a little thin, not to judge. Wow, we Matt. love everyone. <laughs> that's <laughs> a wrap on Matt Palmer in here. Wow. 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 I just felt like his upper body was 10 out of 10. No? I didn't expect this Rodrigo thigh hate speak. <laughs> True. I'm sorry uh, for that. <laughs> also, in that scene is the Eva Cassidy song. Do you guys know that song, Songbird? That's the song. That oh, played. I mentioned that song when it was playing. Uh, that's what I love that song. It's I think so, that song beautiful. Is so beautiful. I don't know it. Is it Mike missing out on this song? Yes. Okay, you're also missing out on Eva Cassidy in general. She's unfortunately passed away, but okay. her story is it's a beautiful story. So she used to perform in clubs, and I believe it's from DC. I read. There's a book about her, but she famously died really young. But mm. you can listen to her covers of like Somewhere Over the Rainbow. 
you know Catherine McPhee did it on Idol, like that slow. That was yeah, that was, that was Eva's arrangement. Oh. I remember when Catherine McPhee did it, and like people were just like, "That is a ripoff of right. uh, yeah." And the- I mean, it's and she also did. She has a cover of Time After Time, um, Fields of Gold. Um, her look her up. I mean, you will okay. love her. She's time yeah time after time. Did I say that? Yeah. Her time after time is like stunning. And Songbird was one of her like arguably her like hit or people mm-hmm. that you know, know her from that. Yeah, right. I love that song. So. But she famously did like different slower arrangements of other songs and her vocals are amazing. Um, but that's a song that plays while they're not having sex. I, I also love the Laura Linney and there's a brief moment where Laura Linney is dancing to like contemporary music and for some reason it's the funniest thing in the entire world when like her and Rodrigo <laughs> oh I think go it's Justin dance. Timberlake uh, is it? Like I Love You okay. right before the music yes. magically and, like, changes to being like, slow you just like for some reason Laura Linney dancing is something I never that doesn't work to me <laughs> like something that I never <laughs> an assault on the eyes seeing. like it's so bizarre and just lovely I love her it made me love her I also think she's Helen Hunt which is neither here nor there right. <laughs> no I mean it's an honest mistake yeah um, I was thinking there's so little visibility for disabled people in TV and movies mm-hmm. I was just talking about this with someone and so it was weird I had just had the conversation it's like we so rarely see anyone disabled in any sort of TV or movies that's oh, true yeah. and it was Nice to see that in love, actually. So for all its flaws and everything, it's amazing. I, I sort of wish that it wasn't a story. Of, I, I wish her section of the movie wasn't necessarily about him being disabled mm. and ruining her life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was visibility. I mean, That's I just true. got in my head, like, what if he had, like, a little love story? In his it would have been beautiful. It would have been beautiful. Been, like, yeah. And, I think- and then I feel like Laura Linney's story wouldn't have ended so tragically. I know. Like, That's the only one that ends... Yeah. I don't understand, like, why in almost every form of media, it's like there's nothing. Like, in in any form of disability, like, whether we're talking about uh, anything, yeah. it's just like we don't see it on screen at all, and I wish there was more. I um, agree. But I love actually had it. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> um, okay, I want to move on to Hugh Grant as the Prime Minister. What did you gay gasp for? <laughs> Matt Palmer just touched his invisible pearls. Uh, I mean, hashtag Na- justice for glitter. Uh, just, justice for Natalie. I yeah. think Natalie, outside of Emma Thompson, is the best actress in the movie. She lights up the screen whenever she, she comes on, and I just, like, whenever anything would happen with them, I just, like, would have heart-eye emoji. Like, I just was so in love with their love. And, like, I realized Hugh Grant is, like, questionable IRL but like he's a charming person like well that's why he's always so great in these movies because he's charming on screen yes and I just really loved their that they're my favorite story I just really oh their story to me is there's such a simplicity about it but it's so interesting because it's so simple yet he's the prime minister of England right so I I think it works I think that plot line works really really well in the movie one of the things that didn't work for me was that his sister is Emma Thompson and I thought (laughs) I thought shouldn't she live somewhere nicer he's the prime minister like yeah. i know like maybe you shouldn't give the family all the money but it's like i feel like she should live somewhere nice right i also feel like and I, I promised a friend when i told her i was going on this podcast because i that on this podcast that i'd mention it the fat jokes for natalie were a lot they were oh, like yeah. it was yeah. like this girl is in no way fat and they were always like oh her thighs her thighs and it's like that's literally what the body what? type anyone wants oh, and, and this great. is coming from someone who just made fun of rodrigo santoro's thighs <laughs> All of a sudden, Matt, you change your tune. We shouldn't 
Now you're sticking up. You're like, no body shame. And just literally five minutes ago, you were like, I thought his thighs were too thin. <laughs> you're like, I don't really like his thighs. And now you're like, oh. Even Natalie's family, like, I know like, they called her chubby or something. Yeah. She's not chubby in the She's, size. You could tell casting was just like, hey, let's get a girl with like a round face. She's literally like, thin. Like, she I don't even think she's, like, she's, she's not even chubby. She's no. thin. And I bet you in real life, we'd all be like, wow, you need to gain some weight. Same. Oh my God, I bet she has a rockin' body. And yeah. I hate, I looked up all of her credits after this, and I feel like everyone in the movie has a bunch more credits post love, actually. And Natalie is not getting cast enough. She's he like would, in TV movies and shorts. And I feel like that's great. That's We love everyone, but I need her to be amazing. A star. He she looked up star. Rodrigo. Um, to, to, he was like, he better not have more credits than Natalie. And like he did, and he was like, shit. And then he looked up like the the Portuguese. What she? Uh, oh Portuguese, yeah, yeah. The Portuguese girl. And he's like, she better not have more credits than Natalie. And she does. And then everyone was like, shit. <laughs> like yeah. he would just look up all these like random Every, characters. You IMDb the whole cast. I'm pretty much. Natalie's my queen. I just want more for her. Yeah, justice for Natalie. Yeah, she, we need. She can have a comeback. That's fine. I her. looked up Rodrigo's age because I was curious how old he was. Because yeah. I've seen him in other things. He was in like that. Um, What's that Viking movie? Three <laughs> hundred. Three hundred. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, not Vikings. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I'm so gay. I'm like that Viking movie. <laughs> the, I, that me, medieval I, times. If you, but thing. The, the thing is, if you were to ask me what the people in Three Hundred were, I would be like pirates. No, <laughs> like, they were like, I, that was based on the medieval times restaurant, right? Like that's, <laughs> that what, I, that's what I assumed. But he was 28 when he filmed it. FYI, great. Um, so the he was the prime minister. I there's a lot of weird little pop culture references. You mentioned the song, so Justin Timberlake's song plays, and there's like yeah. a lot of contemporary music yes. at the time, which I don't think necessarily. I love all the music in it, but there's a few choices where it's like it feels a little too of its time. Mm-hmm. Like I wish they would have chose more timeless things. Like yeah. I don't think they should have used like "I Love You," but mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> um, but Hugh mentions he mentions Harry Potter. Yeah, he mentions, and David. everyone laughs. Everyone's like, "Ha ha, that's right. silly, Harry Potter. That will <laughs> never be a, a big thing." It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> He also mentioned David Beckham, which I had a sex dream about him recently. Well, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. It was very... It's a good day. I know. I, I like literally woke up and I followed him on Instagram and like searched photos. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, he, the scary thing about the Hugh Grant uh, plotline for me was the Billy Bob Thornton as the American president. Right. Which... Like when it, I'm sure at the time it was like, oh, look at this ridiculousness. Well, no, Billy I feel Bob like it was supposed to be like a George W. kind of thing. Yeah, but it reads a little more now as something else. That Wait, feels real. Oh, <laughs> oh, that oh, feels oh. a little too. I feel like oh, see, I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. I didn't pick up on that. Oh, Dude, I, f- I feel like it's more. I felt like it was a take on George W. and less on right. the current disaster. Well, well, well like we're not naming course. names. <laughs> yeah, we don't know who at it is. The time it definitely, I feel like, was supposed to feel more like a, a George W. thing, but. Knowing Billy Bob Thornton's personality, I felt like it was. I feel like he, people would have watched it at the time and been like, oh, "This is ridiculous. This would never happen." Because Billy Bob Thornton is such a larger than life, you know, character who, in no shape, way, way, shape, or form, who has the personality temperament mm. to ever be president. So I feel like him being cast as the president at the time was seen as like a funny thing, like, "Oh, this is kind of ridiculous." And now it's kind of like, oh, wait, no, that actually happened now. Right. And I just want to talk about Uh-oh. Bob Thornton's ties were wow. really... But now we said it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm sorry, because there were certain wardrobe things that were really aggressive to me, and Billy Bob Thornton's ties were number one on that list. Mm. Did you pay attention to those times? I truly did not even clock <laughs> there. They were, they were a slap across the face. I mean, they were just oh. big and bright, and I feel like it just fit the character. They were like, so 
They were aggressive. Big. I'm sorry. It just like really upset. Like they made me really no. uncomfortable and I needed to you close my write eyes. in a journal about it. Like, <laughs> let it out. This is the burn book. <laughs> like the knots of the ties were like as big as his head. And it was. I'm not, now I need to rewatch it again. <laughs> you really do. Because the wardrobe choices all made sense except for like tiny hints here and there. You know, I kind of, speaking of wardrobe, obviously I loved Rodrigo's underwear. But also, I was very troubled by Emma Thompson's wardrobe in the movie because they make her look so dowdy. Yeah. And it's like, I know that she's playing like this, you know, matronly, whatever. But it, it felt too matronly. Yeah. Because Emma at the time even was like, yeah, young. she's a stunner. She was, and oh, she's yeah. beautiful too. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. she's also the prime minister's sister. Like, yeah. it's like we're she throwing her in a, some nice wardrobe. A here. Talbot's oversized jacket. It's like, come on. <laughs> yeah. And like her husband was like, Lane rich, Bryant. Like, see, I don't, know what he, I don't know what he did. He was up the boss of something. Like, they had money. He bought that big old necklace. I know. I know. Someone else. <sighs> what a, he had money so, for that that Joni Mitchell that, album. That, mm. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy-filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code EVERYTHINGICONIC, all together one word, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. This episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism. Now, y'all know I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived in California for so long, and I truly do love it here in L.A. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh, that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh, They just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live. And it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, And also, you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com. Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe, and that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all 
Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to Get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. Okay, so let's talk about the cater waiter. Um, the guy, oh, the guy who's just wants worst, to be in love. Boo. I want yeah, that, that one storyline's bad, right? I want that out. Wait, the that cater feels, waiter. Who's yeah, that? like the, the British guy, who, the one who's going to America. Alicia Cutbert. Oh, friend. yeah, he disappears for like a long, long, long time. Yeah, it's it's he's got like the thinnest. Although I wouldn't want to lose his storyline because we do get an appearance from Denise Richards. Oh, right, right yeah. at the end. This is Harry. Ah, I'm really pleased to meet you. Hello, Harriet. I hope you don't mind. I sort of brought my sister to stay. This is Carla. She's real friendly. <laughs> Hello, you must be Tony. I heard you were gorgeous. <laughs> This is the great, Beverly Hills Housewife. I um her greatest film role. It's funny because when I watched the movie in 2007, um, that's the storyline that I remembered the most. Kind of oh, weirdly, not the most. Like I remember the Emma Thompson the most and Laura Linney the most and everything. But but if you were to ask me the three plots I remember the most, like that would have been the third one. Were you a big um, um, Shannon Elizabeth fan? No, I don't <laughs> care at all. Like yeah. I, it's but uh like I, for some reason. If you were to ask me the plots of Love Actually before I rewatched it again two days ago, I would have been like, oh, yeah, there's Emma Thompson in this and Laura Lenny in this. And then, oh, and there's a guy who's British, but he wants to find a girl. So he moves to America. So Mm. they'll be obsessed with his British accent like that for some reason. And then I watching it again. I was like, oh, my God, he's like not even in the movie. Why is this the thing I remember so much? Yeah, it's interesting. Okay, let's. We talked a little bit about Martin Freeman mm-hmm. as the porn star. Yeah, um, I feel like this is the most disconnected from the movie. I get like it just doesn't feel. But you guys liked it. Well, he liked it. <laughs> I, <laughs> let's I was, be clear. <laughs> I was with you. Like also, I because I was talking about it. I always remembered it as them being porn stars. But then in rewatching in this big, they were in like this huge room. They were stand-ins in a sex scene, right? Because they weren't even yeah, they're stand-ins. Yeah, they're she stand-ins. wasn't really. I said porn star, but right. Yeah. But I mean, that's what how I remember. They might it as well. <laughs> they. I just remember when I first watched it, I was a young person and I, you know, was always very prudish growing up. I'm, you know, I've evolved, <laughs> but I was very much like, I would like fast forward to those scenes. Like, this is inappropriate. Right. Well, I, I did too. Yeah. And I remember trying to watch this with my mom like yes. years, a couple mm-hmm. years after it came out, like probably around 2007 ish or yeah. whatever. My mom had never seen it. And I was like, let's watch it. But then also I remember thinking like, it's that storyline that I feel like makes it uncomfortable for me yes. to watch with my mother. It makes, exactly. it, not a, it makes it not like a family viewing. Yes. That's why yeah, I don't. I agree, it's I like, agree about that. It is a holiday classic and everything, but it's like a, if, if that would have been edited out, which it is edited out in airings or whatever. Oh yeah. On TV. I I think that well, first of all, stand-ins like they don't have if they have a stand-in for a sex scene, like they don't get naked like that's not a thing that happens i know i like that's that's so wrong (laughs) you know and so i feel like if they were just supposed to be stand-ins for like sex scenes or whatever it would have 
worked I mean, if they I were get. just fully clothed True, and, but like, I get why they did it. the whole thing of they're like oh our meet cute is like so aggressively sexual yeah. like, and then we're just gonna go on like a very PG date like it's cute I get why they did it you gotta suspend your disbelief a little bit Matt Steele like, I can't be too no, focused no, no, no. on the no but I, I think it would have been better if, I think it would have worked just as well if they were clothed like I don't understand why they had to like do that yeah, yeah. How, why they had to be topless yeah. right yeah yeah um, also, like, if we're gonna see a, a boob, let me show me a male ass. That's true. Of course. Where is the equal opportunity? We saw a couple of boobs, didn't we? We, we saw, saw Laura Lenny's boobs. Laura Linney? I forgot we saw Laura yeah. Lenny's boobs. Yeah. I, this is a movie where I don't know why we need boobs, but right. sure. <laughs> exactly. It's like this. We're trying to do a holiday. I I don't know if at the time they were trying to do a holiday right. classic, but for a holiday classic, like, I don't need the nudity. Right. Any other situation, I want the nudity. <laughs> and I wouldn't be fine with nudity if it was male nudity. I think of course. I would, if it was Rodrigo naked, I think I'd be of happy. It's just more of kind of like a question is like, oh, why did they feel the need to do that? Yeah. After this, you know? um, what about Colin Firth and... Well, okay. okay. <laughs> there was an issue with this storyline in my viewing because I'm not, please don't report me, but I uh, pirated this movie <laughs> because wow. I wanted the Blu-ray version mm-hmm. and the pirated version didn't have the subtitles in it. So when we were watching this storyline, we were like, I don't know what to Oh, so you, didn't, you don't even know what happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can gather like he was writing something and it went to the water and she was basically saying like, oh, this better be great. And he's like, it's not Shakespeare. The water scene was just obviously an homage to the It Takes Two scene between Kirstie Alley and Steve Gutenberg when they're in the lake. And I felt like it was a blatant ripoff. Wow. But it was a, a good homage. <laughs> I think I think they're cute and I get the con first a thing. And like maybe I would feel differently with the subtitles on, but like <laughs> if you had actually understood the storyline. I don't know. I was never fully moved in me that either. Story, I didn't love you know? the storyline. I think I think it's a great storyline, but I think it's a storyline that requires more time with them. Mm. Like to where you actually see them like figure each other out and fall in love and everything. But in a because it moves this, so quickly. Yes. Like this out of all of them, it felt like the relationship that was sped through the most. Yeah, Absolutely. like you get what they're going for here, but it just didn't. And that's the trouble with a movie like this. It's like you can't spend a lot of time with these couples, so it is hard to develop anything. And like we mentioned, those other movies, the fact that they were able to get us to have an emotional connection with any of these stories yes. is like a feat. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, did I miss any of the other? Did I miss any of the other love stories? Oh God, I don't, I don't think I did. So, I'm sure there are like some tiny, some tiny like. Things in there that you know. Uh, what about Rowan Atkinson, who's of course <laughs> Mr. Bean, the most random cameo ever? <laughs> I know he's got a little scene. He has a little scene in the sequel. So the sequel is called Red Nose, actually uh-huh. Red Nose Day, actually, and it's like a 17 minute short. They got the entire cast. That's impressive. They did it. Um, they did it overseas and did not have a Laura Linney scene, and then they were able to get her. And when they aired it in the U.S., they had a Laura Linney scene. Oh, great. So it's cute, but it is just like, the concept of it is great because it was raising awareness for Red Nose Day. And I feel like if they're going to do a sequel, it seems like the best way to do it. It's Mm -hmm. like they just kind of got everyone to be reminded of these scenes. and. Mm So it was cute. It, the, the Rowan Atkinson cameo, though, because like he's in the scene where he's like trying to put do the um, uh, the jewelry thing and taking his time making the box or whatever he was making. But then he's also in the airport at the end where he uh, uh, goes in front of the little boy to block him so the little boy can run onto mm. the, into the gate and everything. So I feel like he was supposed to be in the movie more as sort of like a love guardian angel type thing. Um, to sort of help the characters be where they were mm-hmm. supposed to be and mm-hmm. everything. Like he was supposed to prevent the husband from getting the necklace, and he was he was there to help the kid and everything. So 
I feel like that's sort of something like he was cut out more. I want to know the story behind that. I'm sure there was a ton cut out actually, yeah, because oh, I want, God, I yeah. wonder what they filmed and I would love to read the script, like um, just to see what the original script was yeah. because I'm sure they had to cut it down substantially. I mean, they had to cut out a whole storyline, the lesbian yeah. plot. So I had some questions. We sort of already answered these. We talked about the music. There was Maroon 5, Kelly Clarkson, Dido, Mariah's song. I feel like all of the music in the in the movie was... Oh, we already talked about that. I'll cut this out. Um, we talked about other movies that have done multiple storylines. Oh, I want to talk about Richard Curtis, who wrote and directed this movie. So he also did About Time, Notting Hill, and Bridget Jones 1 and 2. Um, what is your favorite out of those films? The only one of those films I have seen is Bridget Jones 1. So I'll say that. Oh my God. <laughs> Which I think is great. And you I love Renee Zellweger. So. need to go watch About Time. Have you heard of it? It's I've with Rachel McAdams. I've heard of About Oh, wait. Time. Is it with Eric Bana? No, that's oh. the Time Traveler's okay. wife. She's done a lot of... <laughs> Rachel's taken on a lot of roles where there's some a time-traveling element. Right. But About Time is like one of the... It's so fantastic. And Ooh. the guy who plays Billy Mack, like the singer, yeah. he's, he is like uh, the dad in the movie. It's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Like, mm-hmm. I love it. And for some reason, it just kind of went, it That's came weird. and went. What, what no are you talking? Uh, I want to say maybe like 2012-ish. Okay. Around that time. Mm. Around that time. But it's so good. Um, and then he didn't do Bridget Jones is Baby, part three. I heard that was a crazy movie. I loved it. But uh, <laughs> I loved it. But no, I think I'm the only one who likes right. it. I like love Bridget Jones is Baby. And Emma Thompson, she did like script rewrites on it. She's accredited. Oh, cool. Yeah, she's, co-writer a, she's on a great writer. I love Notting Hill. Just thought she's a, She has two love. Oscars, one for acting, one for writing. What's the writing one? She wrote, um, uh, she wrote, oh, uh, Sense and Sensibility. Oh, yeah. She's she, a brilliant writer. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. Um, what so, comment. boys, what, any other final thoughts on this movie? I mean, I think it holds up. I feel obviously we like pointed out a few flaws and things that we would have maybe changed if we had the chance, but I feel like more than anything, it captures the holiday spirit. It makes yeah. me feel good. I want, I, I very much am more in the mood for Christmas than I was before. So I think it, it succeeds on that level. And that's kind of all, all you can ask, you know? See, I'm going to say something a little controversial. Oh, please. Yeah. Here please. we go. I don't see it as a Christmas movie. You see it just I as see a straight it as up a, romance. As a, a straight up, um, like a romantic comedy movie. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm very. I've also like. I'm also the type of person who like watches holiday movies not on the holidays. Like I watch Hocus Pocus any time of year. I grew up watching Home Alone any time of year. So like, wow. Um, yeah, I've I've never seen it as like a Christmas movie. I mean, like you see the Christmas parts and you're like, ooh, Christmas. This makes me feel Christmassy. But but I I've always seen it as more so of a romantic comedy than is like there a Christmas s- movie. What do you see as a Christmas movie? Then is there something where you're like stuff that's about Christmas, like elf or like something actively about Christmas, like uh like a Christmas story, you know, sure. something like that. Well, you said Home Alone. Do you think Home Alone is a Christmas movie? I don't even consider Home Alone okay. a Christmas movie. To me, well, like Home Alone would... is like a comedy that, like, when you watch it, it kind of feels like Christmas. Where it, it it's centered around the Christmas season, but it's not like about. I mean, it is about Christmas. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I've, as a kid, I would pop in Home Alone every three weeks or whatever, you know? <laughs> and I would literally watch it all the time. So I've I've sort of learned how to like separate myself from the holiday. From, yeah, um, Matt Palmer. Do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Love actually. <laughs> like, your I'm, yeah. I'm not like a movie head, like to be honest. Sure. Like before like Mean Girls came out, I was like, movie schmovie, give me a TV show. And so Love Actually is the one that has stuck with me. And yeah. I would argue it is absolutely a Christmas movie. So Yeah. I, I love all the holiday stuff. I watch them all. I love the Santa Claus. I love Elf. I love Home Alone. Both Home Alones. Elf, I the like. first two, or rather. Oh, the Home Alones yeah. are yeah. Excellent. So so good. So 
you boys tell me about your show. Oh, wait, are there other, there's no other love actually thoughts, correct? No, I like the trouble of love. Uh, the trouble with love is by right, Kelly, Kelly Clarkson's song. song. Great movie. Yeah. Uh, finale song. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So tell me about the show. Um, so we have a YouTube channel. It's called Two Gay Mads. It is uh, myself and Matt Steele, and we talk about a lot of musical theater things and pop music things, because I love pop music, he loves musical theater. And when we first started, I didn't know a lot about musical theater, and he didn't know as much about pop music, and now we both know a good bit. I feel like we've learned a lot. It's yeah. really like a learning show. It really <laughs> is, and we've sure. learned a lot through it, and yeah. I feel like our, our followers... Um, because we have a group of followers that are, you know, pop music heads and another group of followers that are, you know, musical theater fans. And they, they write in like the com like the musical theater fans will comment in the pop music section and be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh my, oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, that was the sort of concept of the show is the fact that we are both roommates, both gay, both named Matt. We come from two completely different backgrounds and we're coming together talking about our favorite things. I love that. Now, Matt Steele. You haven't done this show before, but I always ask everyone what their favorite Mariah song is. So you said you're new, a new lamb. So what's your favorite? My favorite Mariah Carey song is, I mean, it. my top like five changes all the time, but sure. I think solidified as my number one is Whenever You Call. Mm. Oh, I interesting. Yeah, the Brian McKnight, you know that? Brian McKnight version or the... Oh, just so the Mariah version. We love Ryan McKnight, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it was We Belong Together for a little while. Soon. It was, yeah. but like, but now that I've delved more into her catalog, her catalog, yeah. and everything, like you know, when we first met, it was like, oh, we belong together. But but now I think it's I think it's a solid whenever you call moment. Yeah. Um, and where can people find you on social media? And where can people find your show? They can find it on YouTube, uh, Two Gay Mats, and we're social media everywhere together, Two Gay Mats, Instagram, t- uh, Twitter, Facebook, and you can find me, Matt Palmer Music. Have you guys ever had like a romantic moment between the two of you? I'm always interested by people that, the gays that work together. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're just, just curious. Just always, I had to ask. We were, we're like brothers yeah, almost. It, was, yeah, it, it would just be weird. It yeah. was never on the table. No. 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 Okay. Good. Yeah. Um, and wait, Matt Steele, where can people find you on social media? Uh, people can find me at it's at it's Matt Steele uh, on Twitter and at Instagram. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, boys, thank you so much for coming over. This was so fun. Thank you for having yeah, us. Yeah, it was fun. It's thank always you. Been coming. Merry Christmas. Merry Yay! Christmas. Yay! Yay! like to thank you all for listening please find me on social media at danny pellegrino on twitter and instagram on facebook it's facebook.com slash pellegrino danny please join the everything iconic facebook group and if you want to support this podcast and get access to the bonus episodes please head on over to patreon.com slash everything iconic again that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash everything iconic and click the become a patron button to donate four dollars or more per if you donate four dollars or more per month you get access to all the bonus episodes and more importantly the money just helps to support this show so thank you all the patrons that are over there if you get a chance please rate and review this podcast on itunes or stitcher if you listen on stitcher that would be wonderful if you could give us a good review i would love it uh thank you guys so much for listening let's do a little cool down everyone take a deep breath in hold it breathe out take a deep breath in again hold it think about your favorite christmas memory favorite christmas memory breathe out now, hopefully that Christmas memory involves someone else. If not, you know, pat yourself on the back because you created an amazing Christmas memory all by yourself, But <laughs> which that's impressive. And, you know, honestly, sometimes my favorite memories are when I'm alone. <laughs> but hopefully, uh, if there was someone else in that Christmas memory, just reach out to them and let them know that you were thinking about that wonderful Christmas moment. I love you guys so much. We'll be back on Thursday with a new episode. And then next week, we will be off. I will be off. 
so uh, for the holiday. So I love you all so much for listening. Kisses. Bye. Oh, and for those of you asking, we are, I am trying to get to the Atlanta recaps. Uh, this week, we will have Vanderpump, and I'll try to get to Atlanta and Jersey as well. But now that Dallas and Orange County are out of the way, we can incorporate some more Housewives into the regular episode. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. I love you. Kisses. Bye. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Icons, I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time, and I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door, helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver with $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders. Dash Pass makes it super easy to save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals. I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass, too, pays for itself in just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code ICONIC24. That's ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 